Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new episode from Setting the Tone which is proudly brought to you by our sponsor, the Catalinger Academy. Today's episode is all about Silverstone pickups. Stick around because I'll tell you more about that after the intro. Hello everybody and welcome back to today's episode which is all about Silverstone Pickups. It is Set and Tone Silverstone Pickups Special where we got the chance to sit down with Brian and Joe from Silverstone Pickups to discuss physical thrills which came out um, shortly a few weeks ago I believe. Um, really really great chat with Brian and Joe and I'm going to hold my hands up straight away. There was a couple of uh, boo-boos from myself so to speak in that where um, I mispronounced not one but two of Silverstone Pickups album titles I called uh, physical feels, psychic feels, and uh, widow's weeds, I think windows weeds or something like that. And then, so if that wasn't enough for myself in that episode, I, I went and embarrassed myself further by calling um, Butch Fig Bruce Fig. So, a massive, massive apology to Silverstone Pickups for that mishap of pronouncing the album titles incorrectly, and of course to Butch Fig for calling him Bruce Fig because he is sure as hell not Bruce Fig, he's Butch Fig. Um, that experience left me very, very embarrassed indeed. Anyway, coming right up next is a track called Scared Together, which is from Silverstone Pickups' brand new album, Physical Thrills. Hope you enjoy it. After that track, we'll be going straight into our interview with Brian and Joe. Stick around, because that's coming right next. Yeah. 
wonderful track scared together taken from silverstone pickups brand new album physical thrills which is out everywhere now digitally and physical formats go and grab them copies or stream them copies up next is our interview with brian joe like i say if you want to hear me make an absolute fool of myself and feel very embarrassed this is the place to come right next to that interview with brian joe lovely to, lovely to meet you brian joe i'm rob from setting the tone guys um thank you very very much for joining me on setting the tone it's absolutely awesome to have you on the show um oh, thank you no, not a problem. I'm going to start with some questions about, obviously, um, Psychic Thrills, which um, has come out, came out last week, I believe. Um, oh, I like, I'm going to say, stop you right there. I love the way you said that. <laughs> we didn't call it Psychic Thrills. We called it Physical Thrills. But sorry. I do, no, no, no. This happens every record, and every time somebody comes up with a better title, Psychic Thrills. That's better. <laughs> we should have had you earlier. Somebody said Windows Weeds. What was Widow's Weeds? Somebody, Windows Weed, or I can't remember. It was better than Widow's Weeds. Anyway. So obviously this is the uh, the follow-up album um, from Widow's Weeds in 2019. Win Windows Weeds. Windows, Windows, <laughs> Windows. No, I don't want to get confused, sorry. <laughs> Windows. Uh, talk me about the journey. How did this album come together? And what were the ideas and the, the themes for obviously putting this wonderful album together it kind of came together like most of them do when you're you have enough time to hear your head you know your head space and and you can hear yourself think and ideas start to formulate and things like that but this was you know birthed in the beginning of the pandemic when we were all just on tour mm -hmm. and we shut down the tour and came home and everybody went their separate ways to go take care of their lives you know and and I don't think that there was no more thought about Silver Sun or any of that stuff. It's just about making your homestead feel safe. Some of us have kids, so it's just about making our kids feel safe and all. And Zoom schools and calm, making everything calm while you navigate these weird waters that are approaching, you know? Mm -hmm. And as time got more, as you got, I got a little more used to it, so I've been getting better at the, the, um, the consistency of it these songs started popping in my head and I would just sort of take a moment to uh, stop being a parent for 20, 30 minutes and go into my room and like noodle on the acoustic guitar and sing these songs that, and they were just, I don't know what they were for. Cause there was, again, at that time there was, for me, there was no thought of like returning 
to the world. I just wasn't thinking about it. I was just like, today's safe. Today's good. Today's my son's happy. Everything's good. Today's a good day. And I'm just going to play these songs. And I kind of became sort of like imaginary friends, you know, like what well, I probably working on them in my head and playing them in my room. I think it was just a moment to be meditative and work on something for the sake of working on something. And it almost made me feel like um, safer and a little like, like, um, I don't know, like the Kemi company. <laughs> Almost like, is that normality there, Brian? That it, despite the world being as crazy as it has been, that you were safe and you're still in your body of music and working on that? I feel like all your, all your worries and all your um, uh, uh, neuroses and the complexities of the world all disappeared and all became pretty fundamental. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what can we get through? Can we, can we financially get survive this month can we get is our son okay is school working out as your my wife's business okay you know are people healthy or what um that was pretty much the daily worry of your mind you know so i think in in retrospect i think it was all a much a much more simple uh, arena for me to be creative that makes sense yeah in terms of um if you like leveling up what did you guys do differently this album? how do you how do you level up from album to album well first you got to burn down this tree and you go down the <laughs> stairs and then you pass these tech tech i'm sorry i'm trying to get my switch fixed so i have legend of zelda on the mind <laughs> joe how do we level up dude i mean i don't know i don't know if you ever really considered it leveling up but like i think you always <laughs> you always want to I think you know, there's just always an openness to wanting to do something different like you don't want to like repeat yourself so you know no matter how you go into an album like it's just like oh we're going to do this or this like it sort of tells you what it wants as you're doing it and it you know like so there's no there, like even if you try and like sort of set parameters the parameters are always going to sort of move around but you know um I think it's always the second album working with with a producer is always easier in a sense because you have like a, a shorthand that you've worked out over the course of the last record. So like getting to new ideas or or you know getting to like a, a, the end point of a song where where you want want it to go is always like the line is straighter the second time around, you know. So I think the the record came together really fast in a way because like like we just have this like nice rapport with butch now so it's just like here's a bunch of ideas we like didn't even like pre-pro or uh pre-pro uh we didn't do demos really like beforehand they were all done sort of at the beginning of the recording of the record like in the same studio so it was i don't know like i think something about it starting in the studio kind of made them develop in a way that like it was more open-ended yeah that's true it's definitely our first one in the studio writing in the studio that's for sure so i i don't know like i I don't know if that just sort of i feel like it like there like there were fewer sort of like pre-conceived ideas of the songs before like recording because they started in the studio so they just went where they wanted to go i suppose that offers a different 
um, perspective, if you like, if you've, if this is the first time that you're writing in the studio and you've already got that bit of kind of vision with the, obviously Bruce, um, not Bruce, oops, sorry. Um, uh-huh. It's a Ooh, lot easier. Bruce Vig, again, Bruce Vig's good. <laughs> I Do like I feel- that. <laughs> no, man, I stink at me. I, don't, don't look at me. I, I don't know names at all. <laughs> he's the boss though he is the boss he is and um I, i'm always going to be grateful for one bit in my album in particular that is uh the youth from my child my my youth L- um, yeah you're talking about l7 <laughs> yeah but just about Brick, bricks, just, bricks are heavy <laughs> yeah i just love that about, record too just about um <laughs> <laughs> it's inspirate like in terms of inspirations where, where did the inspirations come from this and is there anything that you guys do outside of the band that you kind of pull those in sonically you mean or or the yeah, like, the whole thing a bit of both whether it be a simple task it's like painting or um mm. just being out and about and seeing what's going on People i mean watching. i think for the for this record in particular it's just you know it's it's not that it's about the pandemic but it's it's you know it was written in the time of it and we live in it so it it's um it has a point of view of sort of breaking down things in a in a in a much more voyeuristic way because everybody is so inside and you know once and you see people outside and yet they move away from you if they're not in your pod or your bubble <laughs> you know and there's mm-hmm. new languages and new and um i don't know this record feels really new to me um in the way that we operate when we play these songs live right now i just feel like wow this feels a lot than usual um because i think it was created in a time where we had to learn new things you know we had to react in a different way we we had there's different languages for things like i just said pods and different levels of safety everybody is on now you gotta wait in line for this but you kind of know six feet apart and you're looking at sign like I, i would find myself blown away of how normal things how you normalize things you know I'm looking on the ground at a gas station and it has this big sign that you have to step on that says six feet apart and I just kept thinking is this going to be in a museum in 40 years you know like this little piece that goes oh man there's this or when somebody makes a movie in, in this time frame they have set dresser has to go find these six feet apart social distancing signs and you know what i mean like just everything seemed new and you were interpreting it all a little bit on your own and so that i'm assuming you know is really what brought newness to all of this the album the album feels kind of not it's got lovely like nice light moments and fluffy mm-hmm. kind of films <laughs> and kind of like almost like a just going about your day you know like you say just feeling safe and it feels a, a safe album in, in that respect that you know we're all just doing mm-hmm. what we're trying to do to get through and it kind of feels that's like nice that. i'm glad it feels that way you know what i mean it should feel com- safe and shouldn't it, it should feel welcoming you know, not like, um, I don't know, Should, I, I, uh, I'm hoping it's not hard to penetrate. No, certainly not. No, no. So okay. in terms of um, when you guys are starting work on a new album, do you look at what you've done before and say, hey, that, that was um, that was great in those parts, but this could be better? Or do you just go, no, it's a fresh canvas and we're just going to treat it as a fresh project? What do you think, Jojo? I mean, I think you could never say you don't ever look at your past stuff. 
but like i don't think that that's ever like the main it's ne- like it's not necessarily it, i don't at least for me i don't ever go into a new recording is like this is a reaction to the last one it's just a new thing like we've like and like it was weird with windows weeds because we were on tour literally as like the our the u.s shut down so like that does sort of feel like abbreviated in the sense that like we didn't tour for that record as much as we were going to but this was just you know a year and a half later after all being at home forever it's like well this is brian's got these songs like let's just do something new with this new normal and and just go from there it's not like oh well we had strings on the last record so fuck it we're not going to do that this time or what anything like that but like i mean somewhere in the back of your head you kind of you have you have in your head like all of the stuff you've done before so like you you know what you're doing it might be different or whatever but it's never at least for me not caught i don't consciously think in the terms of like let's do something completely different from that you know yeah i yeah i i think you're not like rebelling yeah against it but you're you've just gotten it out of your system you know you're like you're you're wanderlusty with music and you want to get the same sort of kicks out of what you're creating and i think that when you put it all on the record previously it's sort of it just naturally sort of gone (laughs) so you're looking at new uh new ways to i mean no pun, pun and thrill you but, uh, i guess <laughs> psychic thrills coming at you right now produced by produced by bruce vig l7's l7's own bruce vig <laughs> Sorry, it's fun Come on, I'm it is it is i just thought that's like a that's like us. one of that's like one of the multiverses right there's some record up. it is it is it's, 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 it's like it's like if i was writing a really bad rick and morty episode Probably, uh, yeah, I like the idea of. I'm uh, sorry. I like the idea of there being a universe where Butch Vig is Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> He's up there, you know. <laughs> but instead of like New Jersey all the way, it's like Wisconsin all the way, you know, like songs about cheese. <laughs> songs. About, <laughs> uh, my favorite Bruce Vig record is Pub Cheese. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Going down the covers and getting okay. You know what? We can do this. Could be a whole podcast. <laughs> could it could well be? It could at least it could be better than like smells like cheese, I guess. So, um, <laughs> yeah, in terms of obviously making the album during the pandemic, what what was that like? So, obviously, no one's prior to this, no one's ever made an album in a pandemic. It hasn't been a pandemic to make an album. So, was there anything that you found really tricky to do? Was it quite straightforward in terms of getting everyone into a studio? Or- I think we've always recorded like there's a pandemic. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> in a way, our last record, Widows Weeds, it was um, because we were so isolated on the, the previous two, because we recorded in a place called Topanga, which is uh, quite a ways deep in, in the mountain, the edge of Los Angeles. So, we were pretty secluded. When we worked with Butch, it was very close to all of our homes, and Widow's Weeds was a very social record. We had we had people coming in and out all the time. It was really nice to like. We, I think we were reacting to being so isolated before, and I think we liked the idea of like someone else being in the room because you perform differently and you sing differently. You just want to break through all those shyness barriers and just mm-hmm. have a conversation with somebody and then go hold on and go do a vocal take without any kind of like thought. You know what I mean? Like to kind of break through all that. But but that's that's the rare 
I would say that record was the rare example of that. Normally we do it really tightly. We have a small universe of people that we work with. And most of the times, uh, half of the recording sessions on every record has always been in someone's house, you know? So this was really no different. It was just going to Butch's house and beginning the, like Joe was saying, we just started. Like instead of sending Butch a demo, I would go in and it's our soon as <laughs> as soon as he got vaccinated. Bye, Joe. Thanks for playing. Uh, um, <laughs> as soon as I got vaccinated and Butch got vaccinated, we met up and started hanging out in his house and waited for the band to get vaccinated. So, so uh, I would just start playing the my songs and we would start working on them from that moment on and send whatever we had to the band and then slowly um but surely the never call me surely um slowly but surely everybody started trickling in you know because everybody got vaccinated butch's level of um of uh being okay with it um went fine and so all of a sudden we were all just in a room in our own new pod making this thing together and it was very fun and then that when it moves to a studio it's it's uh billy bush who is um butch's bandmates shirley shirley manson her husband and had basically been a right-hand man engineer savant with with butch forever so we just go into his place and he's now part of our pod <laughs> it's as simple as that and we only need to go into a big studio when it's um drums and strings but we didn't have strings on this record it was just something that didn't feel like a, a necessary um thing to have on this one so we just go into a big studio for a day or two for with christopher to do drums on the first set and then we do another set of songs and then one more day in the studio so it was very it didn't feel that different to us as far as the covid limitations yeah you know when you work with a small universe we have a tiny, uh, we leave a small footprint as a band, you know? Definitely. Is there, um, from the album itself, is there a, a particular part of the album or, or a song that you guys absolutely are in love with and it has to be on the uh, set list, so to speak, each night? Oh. I mean, we've, we've literally only played two of the new songs thus far. Like, we're gearing up to really play the whole record, like, the end of the next month. So I don't know. I don't really have a favorite yet. Like for, as far as like playing live, like I don't know. What do you about you, Bray? Sticks and Stones, the second song. I, love, yeah. I don't know. I'm I mean, I feel of, like that one's like pretty I'm much a, a lock for the live shows. But I'm, a, I'm baffled by it still. I'm just like that was the sec <laughs> that was the second song that I would mess around with in my room, and I'm just I don't know. I'm I'm proud of that one in a weird way where I just feel like I can't, I can't believe. <laughs> I can't believe we did this. <laughs> like, whoa. You've been obviously abandoned now for 20 years. I guess what keeps you guys motivated and wanting to push ahead with um, new ideas and different outlooks? You know, I just think, I think new ideas and different outlooks. Like, we, I think, I think you nailed it right there. Like being able to have, I was like, I think that if you are approaching all these things with them, um, like, like in my mind right now, physical thrills is, the, that's it, you know? okay that's we're done you know now we're gonna just play live which we love to play live like playing live is something that's been very important to us we were playing live for years before we ever recorded it's what we really enjoy doing with all of its wonderfulness and 
all its flaws, it's still something that we get a real big kick out of. And after we record, I feel I do, especially this one. I just feel like that's the end. There's no more juices left in, in the old noggin. And so I think that as time goes on, if if it really is the end, then nothing new would come to you, you know, <laughs> or nothing you're interested in, or you have to like want to see it through would popping in your brain, but things come things start showing up and next thing you know you're like oh damn i accidentally have an album <laughs> we gotta go record this thing <laughs> you know what i mean you're like oh man i gotta see this through okay one more <laughs> yes, that's amazing it's, for me that's like vinyl shopping you buy one you think that's oh, i'm done now and then before you know it, another vinyl pops up <laughs> oh I, you know i i'm very like i have i know that i'm not good at vinyl shopping I've tried my parameters to be much smaller because my friend Micah and I, and sometimes Butch, you know him as Bruce, but Butch. I, I, uh, I do. <laughs> once, sometimes him and uh, my friend Micah and I, we uh, DJ something called Underscore, something we started, which is basically like we only DJ film scores. Okay. So, yeah, super fun. And so the parameters of that narrow it you know where i can go to record stores around and like go i'm looking for soundtracks you know and even that small parameter my friend is still huge <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like oh i can't break this because i want that i want that i want that. it's endless you know yeah there's a lot of good film schools out there it's amazing <laughs> and then fun some that are just like danceable that you don't even know you know it's like it, it's it's a the movie doesn't even matter like we'll find weird tracks like wow this mark mothersbaugh two minute jam in this thor movie is a crazy dance hit <laughs> <laughs> um outside of the band what do you guys get to and do these kind of hobbies or downtime do they translate into your music uh, i mean i <laughs> child rearing <laughs> this is my hobby music <laughs> uh i do a lot of cooking and at home and I build furniture and stuff, but I think, you know, it's just like, it's fun. I was thinking about, I was talking about it with somebody else the other day. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts at home. Like I feel like when you spend all your time doing music, it, it like your brain like starts to like not react to it as well in a way. So it's like, I kind of like having other stuff to do that like takes me away from that for a little bit to like kind of reset you know like then i can come back and like listen to records and like appreciate stuff again whereas like if it's just music 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 all the time like it's it's almost yeah, like impossible. You, you get like numb to it so it's like it's nice to just have something else to like direct your energy at so like i don't even know if it's it's like it influences making music but it's like a nice respite from it to like just have something else to think about every once in a while so that you don't it you know i don't know it's like it's like so it doesn't like rub off the like sensory bits of your brain where you can like appreciate stuff like in music or like when you hear like a new song and you're like oh shit that bass line's fucking amazing it's like i feel like if it's just that all the time like i tend to like kind of like imagine? Turn, turns off a little bit and it's like i don't can you imagine dude can you imagine this is like getting on stage and like what's happening in the world <laughs> yeah like dissecting it Check yeah out this one. yeah that'd be insane oh my god people are always going like What's it like on tour buses? What music are you blaring? And I'm like, well, if you're at a real, if you're a band like a, a for real band, like a real one, um, the odds are nothing. 
<laughs> yeah. Like no, I, we were on a lot of tour buses, and it, most of the time it's silent in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or some or something else like movies or something. Yeah, like you just yeah, yeah, but yeah, yes, yeah. Bands like to talk about other things to each other, you know. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I feel like it's weird. Sometimes it's weird when somebody from a band will come up to you and start talking about bands and music. It is like weird. You're like what? Like I thought we were like just hanging out. <laughs> you know, I mean, most bands talk to each other about other things. I'm sure Game of Thrones is going to be big on tour. <laughs> For sure. Mm-hmm. No, I, I can understand that. Like, if you know you're around music, it'd be like a doctor talking to another doctor after doing like I don't know a twelve-hour shift about his mm-hmm. same day, and you're around <laughs> that all the time. You kind of want a little bit of a. A break from us. You know what? That. That, no, you know what it is. It's less that. I, I, first of all, I love that. I would love to hear two doctors going, "Dude, I did this awful <laughs> brain surgery." <laughs> well, it's almost more like a doc. Well, no, I guess this isn't the same analogy, but when somebody goes, "You're a doctor," and they lift their arm up, <laughs> you know, like I got this weird thing here. <laughs> well, I guess that doesn't apply because that would be that would mean if somebody met me, they'd say, "Play something." <laughs> hey, hey, where uh, are you, by the way? Where are you? I, I am in the UK, uh, in a small oh, town. I mean, oh, narrow it down. I am in a place called Northampton. Northampton. Uh, We've yeah. been to Southampton. <laughs> it's uh, opposite end, part just um, an outside of London. Near Exeter? Or no. Oh. No. Um, so we're in the middle of like so you've got Birmingham and you've got London. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We're oh, bands yeah. back together, so I could go left and right, and I'm an hour apart from either city. Oh. Wow! Oh. So, uh, so in terms of gig choices, I'm quite, I'm quite fortunate. I can go to London, down oh, south. From? Yeah, go up north. Do you which which shows do you like better? Oh, um, Broome because I can. Like, I like I like to drive to get to Broome. So rather than getting the train to Broome or uh, another transport, I'll, I'll drive. London easier train. to drive into Broome. Yeah, London. I, I I'm kind of fearful of London because if you go wrong wrong way, it can sometimes a bit catastrophic so london can be a little bit of an intense driving city um yeah are the shows generally always like a little smaller in they're Rome? about the, they're about the same capacity um in terms okay. of shows so a lot, a lot of the club shows are about a thousand two thousand plus capacity um because we'll, we'll do that here in la like uh, if you i remember bands would if they played here if you went to go see them in this place called pomona which is about an hour or so away you would see them like in a venue half the size you know, or San Diego would have like a small us club that would always play bands that were playing theaters. You know, so we just go, oh, we could see them here at the Wiltern, or just go to the Casbah. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, the crowds outside of LA tend to be a little more raucous. Like rock, mm-hmm. LA crowds tend to be a little more reserved. So I I feel like London's probably kind of the same way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've only, uh, in terms of international gigs, I've only ever done one international gig, and that was in 2019 when I saw a data member at the House of Blues when they did a five-night residency there. Um, what? Yeah, it's really quite So we, me, my, myself and my wife were on holiday um, in Florida, and I wanted mm-hmm. to go to a Whoa, concert. you did say House of Blues. My, immediately my brain went Florida. <laughs> yeah, uh, myself and my wife wanted to go to a concert, and um, I wanted to go to a different one on a different day. It didn't quite work out because of timings. And the day to remember announced this wonderful five night residency, and um, boom, last our last night of our holiday was that their first night tour. Perfect match in harmony. Really good night. Uh, really we good night. We just we just played with those guys. 
Oh yeah, that's right. In Denver. What did you say? A date, a date to remember? Yeah, uh, we yeah. we just we literally just played with them with uh, Jimmy World and stuff. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, sounds like a good good tool package. But um, yeah, I, didn't, of... I didn't get didn't get to see them unfortunately, but I saw a lot of people excited for them. Mm. But in terms of our shows over here, we're we're quite fortunate. Um, the the yeah, of course, always yeah. I saw, I saw yourselves at the uh, HMV Institute, the last UK tour, which was oh, really... Oh, yeah, at uni? Yeah, it used to be like an old library kind of style place. Yeah, I love that place. Every, uh, it's so, oh, it's so intimate. So it's really cool. Fun. Yeah, that's, that's what, a, what a cool place. Yeah, I love... We've played every single place I can, I think that exists in London, and they've always been so fun. But I have a real soft spot for that first show at... No, was it Water Rats? I think it was Water Rats. Our, <laughs> our gear, our, yeah, when we set everything <laughs> on fire, yeah. When our our transformers for our gear just kind of like shocked and went weird. And I remember this kid goes, did you do that on purpose? And I said, uh, can you imagine if we did? We were that good. <laughs> we're like, and now I'm going to hit the guitar in a way where it's going to like power it, search the thing. I love those places. Joe, what's your favorite London show? What's your favorite London show? I don't want to say UK show because there's been so many. So what's your favorite London show, Joe? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the uh, the student union? Is it U L? Oh, that's what I was. Oh, that's what I was talking about. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, that place. I, I, I really like that show. It's something you. Yeah. yeah, the the student Mickey, union London. Mickey from Lush came to that show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, I think that's I'm... one I, I like. I remember the most for sure. What was that hundred club? I don't remember that one. Oh, oh. Um, club one hundred. I believe yeah, that, that was... in. Oh, I, I know where it is. Where it's literally around the back of Tottenham Court Road, um, a high street, yeah. like a shopping street in London. It's so funny. We played the O2 Arena too, and I don't remember it that well because we were so busy. Once we got to, we were on, on tour with uh, Placebo. We were in Europe, and then once we got to the UK, I remember we played the O2 Arena, and I was excited about it, but I just. We didn't have time to really do much. Like we had to go do some press and things like that. So we zoomed into this place, played with this band, The Horrors and Placebo, and then just took off. So it was almost like it didn't happen. <laughs> I remember seeing a lot of people. <laughs> what, is, um, what is next for you, you guys in terms of touring and, and st- um, those sort of activities? I think, I, think, I think it's rolling the dice and touring until the world would... You know, you know how plans are nowadays, right? Yeah. (laughs) So I think we just plan on touring. And if the world says no, well, we'll say, okay. But as of right now, we're planning on touring everywhere we can. Yeah. Got a U.S. tour. And then who knows, hopefully more after that. But unfortunately, anything more than a month out, you know. Unfortunately, the Europe and UK and all sorts of logistics have gotten really wild, and and so we're we're gonna do our best to try and navigate those waters to get over there. Because I know we get it's been a while since we've been over there, and Widow's Weeds got shut down pretty fast. But we adore our UK shows; they're so fun. I love it. I love playing there. I'm sure. I'm sure the UK fans would love to have you back. Um, oh I- man, it's so great. 
it's, I can appreciate what now is tricky. Um, and I don't think I don't think people kind of understand why it's tricky. I think when they see a cancellation, they kind of get a bit arsy about it because they don't understand. Um, it's gotten but, trickier. It's just gotten more expensive and crazy. And the uh, EU yeah. now and Brexit and, and Trump, everything just every the world is just like needs an ironing out. <laughs> definitely. Um, I've just got a couple of quick five questions for you, yourselves to close out the time together. Yeah. Uh, who would you like to share a cold drink with and why? The person could be dead or alive. Uh, a cold drink? Is that mm -hmm. it? Yeah, I can't, like a, a beer or a, a Pepsi. Not a hot or, drink. Uh, you, could, you can have a hot drink if you want, right? Hmm. Mm. I want to have a hot drink with my grandfather when he was my age. I like that. And then just talk to him like, okay, okay, tell me, <laughs> tell me about stuff. <laughs> That's what I like. I like that answer. I have to narrow it down to my family because again, just like, just like um, vinyl, it's too vast, you know, because <laughs> then I'm like, oh, I'm sitting here with Jesus and I'm the whole time I'm like, I shouldn't have chose him. I should have chose someone else. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> It's a, it's a good way it keeps um keeps arguments um at a bay i guess so definitely that's a, mm -hmm. a good one um yeah and then what's what's the uh what's your album of the year so far that you've um you've picked up or you mm. listened to? oh man who is it technically have to be this year because i'm terrible about that because you can have last year that's not a problem well i'm thinking how about last... 19... oh go ahead how about 1987 <laughs> <laughs> If, if we're going back to 1987, for me, it'd be Appetite for Destruction. Yeah, okay. That's, I've heard of it. Oh. I mean, clearly, right? That's such a great record. But right now, I got, I've been just, got, I got really into Sinead O'Connor's first record, The Lion and the Cobra. And okay. It's just like the most punk rock thing ever, you know? Um, anyway, I mean, yeah. If we're going by most listened to, I think for the last, basically for all the pandemic, it's like the last idols record for me oh cool mm, good album i listened to, album. I listen to the shit out of that record for sure this new band that i really got into because i just saw them live they're from quebec and they're, they're called men i trust and they've got a very specific vibe that i really really liked cool no i think that answers it perfectly guys i wish you all the very best for the album thank you very, very thank much you thanks very much for hanging out with us no. thanks, man. Not a problem. I, I can't wait to get back over to la next summer that's the plan so yeah come, yeah, come. Oh, <laughs> florida come to california man <laughs> this is what it's about that's we'll, take, it's... we'll take you somewhere not called house of blues <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I'm... laughs> hey i need a good tour guys so i'm open to yeah it. <laughs> you know what I... <laughs> florida though that's pretty much you get... that's what you're gonna do you know yeah all right dude Bye, bye, everybody. Take care, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Take care, Have a good one. I hope you enjoyed that interview. So that was Set and Tone's interview with Brian Joe from Silverstone Pickups, where we discussed a variety of topics, COVID, making albums, kind of inner circles when you're making albums, you know, vaccination statuses to enter uh, Butch Riggs' house. So many topics, like I said, we're discussing that, as well as myself making a fool of myself, and I'm still so embarrassed by it to this day. Um, just got to put your hands up. There's no, there's no excuse in it. There's nothing to, I can say to make that sound about. 
So a couple of big thank yous and you know massive shouts. Firstly, go to Brian and Joe from Silverstone Pickups for their time. Can't thank you guys enough. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Hope you enjoyed your time. We'll set the tone. And of course, to Phoebe from the band's PR. Uh, without you, Phoebe, that interview would not have happened. And of course, management and other people involved that I'm have not met. Um, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did making it. Um, as always, if you've got anything coming up that you want to discuss, whether it be physical releases, uh, digital releases, tours, shows, whatever, then feel free to reach out to Set Tone via stt-setintoneoutlook.com or through the social media channels, which is Set Tone UK um, podcast on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, STT UK podcast. Until the next time, stay safe, stay well, and I'll speak to you all very soon. Bye-bye for now. I'm gonna go to the hospital.